So one bad message can stop you in your tracks. And that's what Elijah said. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors. That's what he said. He came to a screeching halt. The Bible said that he went into the wilderness. He even left a servant behind him. And he went another day's journey by himself. So here's the four big ones today of the Jezebel spirit. The first one is called intimidation. One of the ways you'll know if you're under a Jezebel spirit is you'll be intimidated by somebody. Have you ever been intimidated by somebody? You ever had to, you ever had to confront somebody and you were actually intimidated to do so? I have. Many times, that's a Jezebel spirit that they're operating under. And you start shaking. Your voice gets all broken up when you have to go confront them. Oh, God, I just really don't want to do this. God, just would you just strike them with a bolt of lightning so I don't have to? You ever been there? Maybe it's your boss. Maybe it's your landlord. I don't know who it is for you. Somebody who's done you wrong. But intimidation, the Bible said God has not given us a spirit of, but of power, that of love, and that of a sound mind. Amen? The Bible, look at verse 3 with me. We're going to stay right in that passage. You might as well just leave it open. The Bible says, Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. Think about this, folks. Elijah confronted the strongest men of his day. He won battle after battle after battle after battle. And now he's afraid for his own life. He's alone in the wilderness. Hey, Debbie, good to see you. Bless you. Becky said, I think that's Debbie Workerser over there from central New York. Welcome. Give her a big hand. God bless you guys and your daughters. How old are you now? I'm 13. 13. Oh, my goodness. We got a good youth group for you. If you just live a little closer, you guys, we sure. I ca- we caught up to you with grandchildren. We're about to pass you off, though. We got number seven coming. Be like, I- you have seven. You have seven. So we, we- guys, could you get going? We need number eight. Okay. <laughs> Good seeing you. Where was I at? I forget. Intimidation. Leonard Ravenhill, great master of prayer, used to literally have on his business card, any man who's intimidated by another man cannot be intimate with God. That literally was what was on his card. So intimidation is a symptom. Put the next one up there. I don't have time to get into all these. I'm just going to give you, we're just going to touch on them. Isolation is the next one. There it is. Everybody say isolation. Isolation. Yeah, that's what the devil wants to do to you. He wants to isolate you. Look at the next verse, verse 4. It says, he went into the wilderness. Have you ever been in a wilderness season of your life? Oh, yeah. And the Bible says they'll come, right? Acts 3. At the end of the chapter of Acts 3, chapter 3 says, Rejoice, for the times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Amen? What does that mean? It means that you wouldn't have to be refreshed if you weren't dry. Hello? Elijah's in the wilderness by himself now. Prophets of Baal, great victories, called down fire, called down rain, saw all this great stuff happen. Now he's isolated himself. Let me say this to you. There's a big difference between isolation and solitude. Solitude is actually a good thing. There's times when we need to be alone, okay, for a season. There's times Jesus withdrew from the crowd often to be with the Father, amen? You know, one of the things I love about going to the lake, Justin, like we were the other day, is, is the solitude of that. 
You know, the realtor said, man, I come here about 30 minutes uh, before a showing just so I, with all the crazy, chaotic busyness of life, I can sit by the lake and just get my head cleared out. Amen? And so, isolation. The devil wants to isolate the people of God. Let me say this to you. We have small groups coming up this fall. We're going to do a great study called Speak to the Void by Bishop Rick Thomas. You don't want to miss this. The power of your words. Don't miss being connected to a group of people, of other believers outside of Sunday morning. Does that make sense what I'm saying to you? It's important to fellowship with other people. It's not good, God said to Adam, for a man to be alone. Amen. And the Lord said that to my wife a long time ago. <laughs> right, huh? Praise God. There's time she wants to be alone. Praise Jesus. Amen. Now we have our temporarily, we're in a temporary season. My middle son and his wife and their three children, our grandkids and twins and our oldest granddaughter, they sold their house. They just bought another house. They just closed on it this week. They need some work. So they're staying with us temporarily. And it's amazing. But uh, there's times that we need solitude. How many times know there's times you need to just have quiet in your own life? Okay, so Jesus, again, withdrew, went across the lake to be alone with God the Father. So then I say, well, how do I know the difference? I'm not sure I know the difference between solitude and isolation. Well, let me just go ahead and say it like this. When you want to binge watch Netflix and eat ice cream and potato chips for like a week straight, that's isolation. <laughs> you ever been there? Yeah, it's called COVID-19 lockdown. First couple of weeks, right? <laughs> it felt good for a little while. I'm like, this is so unhealthy. And, you know, one time, you know, and we find this that it's actually for my wife and I in our crazy busy lives, ministry, business, all that stuff that, and I think most people can relate with this, but it's actually easier to work than it is to rest. Is this okay? Am I helping somebody here today? I feel like this is what God was saying to me and through me. It's easier for people to be busy, busy, busy all the time. But we can't even be together without being on a call or a text or, or with all these feeds of communication going on that we need to take a break from social media for a while. Can you say amen? amen. Maybe you need to take a break from the phone. Just shut it off for a little while. My wife tells me, there's this little button on there. It's called power off. Let me see it. I'll demonstrate. I'm like, no, get behind me, Satan, you know. <laughs> so we need to rest, Okay. Here's the third thing, symptom I see the Jezebel spirit. Put it up there if you got it on the screen. Exhaustion. I know we talked about this the other day, but I felt it necessary. And there's so many symptoms here, but it felt it necessary to bring this to the body again. How many have ever been exhausted before? Whew. Praise God. Amen. That's what happens. Elijah got exhausted. Think about it. He went from being God's man of faith and power to going to sleep underneath a broom tree and asking God to take his very life. Has this ever happened to you? Look at verse 5. It says, then he lay down under the broom tree or bush and fell asleep. I tweeted this out the other day. Sometimes the most spiritual thing a person can do on the Sabbath is take a nap. Is that Okay. Come on, how many of you ever been to Europe before? Europe, Europeans look at us Americans like we are absolutely crazy people because most of us are overworked and underpaid. If you go to places like France, 
I don't condone their lifestyle, but I know, how many know you can learn something from each culture? You know, it's like mandatory to take six weeks off every year. If you have a, in Canada, if, you, if a woman has a baby, it's a year mandatory that they stay home and nurse that child. I know, it's like, wow, really? This is like a shock to my system to even think. Yeah, well, how about when we were in uh, Italy? We were over at the Sorrento coast, Naples, Italy, the place that invented pizza. I was feeling the anointing that day, amen? <laughs> and, uh, you know, we got this little thing called Yelp, so we like look it up, and, and it says, I mean, uh, you know, it's the most beautiful place in the world. They have lemons that are like the size of grapefruits there. Gorgeous. A lot of movies have been shot there. James Bond and that, like, it's got this coastline with all the little boats, you know, and the pastel-colored, you know, houses. Anyway, we're, at, we're in Naples, and we looked up on Yelp, the best pizza place in all of Naples, Brother John. And I'm telling you, that pizza was so good. How good was it? <laughs> and that salad and the, that balsamic on it. Can we just have a moment here today? <laughs> Praise God. Thank you for the anointing, Lord. Thank you for the gifts of culinary arts. Pleasing to the palate. But you know what they do over there in the middle of the day in Italy? I mean, and they got every shop known to man. I mean, Gucci, BB, Armani, I mean, you name it, it's all there. You go boss, I don't care. Everyone, uh, lots of shoes place, ladies, and purses, and all that stuff, um, which we bind the devil on that, amen? Um, uh, or hide the card, I don't know what it is. Anyway, they shut down their businesses in the middle of the day. Why do you think that is? Why does Chick-fil-A do better than any fast food? Let me just bring it home. They're Christian, but did you know they're not open on Sunday? They're open six days a week, not seven. Why is that? So people can rest so they don't get exhausted. Amen? And that's what happened to the, the prophet. You know why? Because he came under a spirit, a spirit of Jezebel. It's a demonic spirit. It's both in the Old Testament and the New Revelation too. The words of Jesus. Jezebel. And so... And the Bible just has a whole lot to say about it, you know. And then I love this. Look at this. Look, watch what happens in verse 5. This is my favorite. I love this part. This is where it all starts to change. Because, you know, again, verse 4, he sat down, prayed that he might die. And I had enough, Lord, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. By the way, let me just say that for anyone who's ever had suicidal thoughts, seven great leaders, if I'm doing my math right, seven great leaders in the Bible contemplated suicide. Seven of them. So, you know, you, if you have thoughts of those things that come to your mind, thoughts, it's what you do with the thought that counts. And you've got to cast those things down when you're exhausted and they come upon you and the devil tries to point out people that may have rejected you or walked out of your life. I'm speaking to somebody here now so I can feel it in the spirit. You've got to take those imaginations and cast them down and make them bow to the obesity of Christ. Depression, anxiety, Rejection, exhaustion, amen, intimidation. This is what Elijah was facing. How do you take a powerful man like that and take him off his feet to the point that he wants to die? That's pretty, that's pretty bleak, wouldn't you say? But look what happened in verse 5. All at once, everybody say all at once. Aren't you thankful that when you pray sometimes and you seek God, it might seem like a long season, but then all the, there's those suddenly moments, there's the all at once you know, moments. Look at what it says. All at once, verse 5, an angel touched him. Everybody say, touched by an angel. Like that old Michael Landon show of the 80s, remember? 
an angel touched him. Can you imagine being asleep, discouraged, depressed, even suicidal, and an angel comes and touches you? Oh, can I just, can I just say this to somebody here today? Here's the good news. You have an angel with you right now. This place is filled with angels. You know what I love about kids? They have faith to just believe. They haven't been hardened by enough bad experiences in life to have all the list of yeah, but, meaning, yeah, but God didn't do it this time. And yeah, but I can't believe God because this happened. Or yeah, but there's my cousin's, you know, uncle's father's mother's story. No, 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 no. Kids just believe. And in some of the greatest meetings we've had here throughout the years and even Sunday church, which is not to be discounted. Let me tell you something, friends. I've had countless children come to me and sometimes even teenagers when they're really engaged in the presence of God and they're not thinking about anything else or anybody else except pleasing Jesus. I've had them come to my wife and I and many times our staff and our family sitting on that front row and say, oh, my gosh. Like, I remember the one time the kid was, Ricky was about 14, honey. He came over and he, he was just like stuttering. He couldn't even get it. I said, what's, what's God doing? But they're up here worshiping. You know, they got the lights out like it's a Holy Ghost boogaloo or something. You know, they got the lights and the camera and the action. And he's like, there's, a, I'm, there's an angel on that wall. See, there you go. I don't believe I, that. No, that's your problem. You're staying down where the enemy wants you to be, isolated, depressed, discouraged, looking at the mountain of problems in your life instead of looking to the God and looking into the hills where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven. If we only knew who we are carrying inside of us, like, I, you know, this whole thing with Vice President Pence, I'm like, it, it kind of freaks me out in a way. I'm like, who am I? Are you kidding me to call me up on the phone? I thought it was a joke. And now Tuesday, I'm going to be standing next to this man who's an adamant born-again Christian, vice president of the United States, to pray. And I got thinking about it, and I was thanking the Lord the other day. And, you know, and I'm getting a little nervous because I'm like, I don't even know how to, what am I going to say? You write this out? I mean, you get real, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? You get real dignified? I don't know. And uh, I got thinking to myself, I'm carrying the glory of God where I go. Amen. Amen? Into that place. And the first thing on my Sunday when he found out, he goes, Dad, take me with you. I want to meet the vice president. We got to get a selfie together, you know, kind of thing, you know, you know. So it's great. You know, I hope you'll be there with us, you know, on Tuesday in Exeter. It's right here, you know, 2.30 in the afternoon. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, it's first thing in the morning or something. But uh, Elijah, the Bible said, watch this, touched. An angel came and touched him. Praise God. He's asleep. I mean, he's like wiped out. He's exhausted. He's depressed. He's suicidal. This woman sent him a nasty text message. She's going to kill him before sunset the next day. She'll do to him what he did to all these prophets. And, and the Bible said, and put it up on the screen, in verse 5 and then 6, you can just leave it up there. It said he got up. <laughs> oh, I love this. As he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals. How many know the Pocono Cheesecake Factory came right to his dwelling place? 
can you say praise God for cheesecake, somebody? Praise God. I had a blueberry cheesecake milkshake from Montel Dairy last night. It was unbelievable. And my wife was babysitting, and my son Dylan said, he said, you better ask mom if she wants something. So she said, I want chocolate peanut butter. Aren't you thankful for cake? It's an angel food cake. Look what it says. A cake baked on coals and a jar of water. I don't know if it was a mason jar, a clay potter, I'm not sure. So he ate and drank and he laid down again. <laughs> Just like. <laughs> I try to tell my wife when she tells me, you know, I said, hon, it's in the Bible. Come on, give God a big hand of praise right there. That's a good place to say amen. <laughs> he ate and drank and he laid down again. <laughs> so how, what's the antidote? Here it is. You ready? To hear a word from God. Journey to get that word. Say, God, do you want us to go? Do you want us to stay? What are you saying, Lord? Do I marry that person or do I pass? Ooh, that's important. Don't you think it's important? This is the will of God concerning you. We need to be in the will of God. It's not with somebody's opinion. Look, you can always get somebody to agree with you about something, to justify your coming or going, your leaving or staying, or you're marrying or you're not marrying, but that's not what's important. What's important is that you're in the will of God. Amen. And so we know this, so how do we get to the will of God? I'm trying to help you today. The first way, write this down, is to get up. Get up! Get up! He said, get up. The angel said to Elijah, get up. Verse 6, put it up there if you got it. When he touched him the second time, thank God for not only one touch, but two touches. Amen? Touched by an angel. When you're under attack. Look, then he looked, and there by his head was a cake, big oil, and all this. And then put the next thing up. After he laid down again, what happened? The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, arise. Jesus said, hey, do you want to be healed? Get up, take up your mat and walk. John chapter 5 at the pool of Bethesda. You got to get up. Get up out of your depression. Get up out of your discouragement. Get up out of your defeat. Get up out of your feeling sorry for yourself. Get up out of your pity party. Get up, get up. It's time to get up, take up your mat and walk. That's the first step to hearing the voice of God. God does not direct park cars. You got to get up. Can you say amen? amen? Here's the next one. Look up. Everybody say look up. Look up. You got to look up. You got to look up. You know what the problem is? The problem is we're not looking up. We're looking around. You've got to listen up. What does that mean? I mean, stop listening down. Stop listening to negativity. Somebody said, you know, when the president gave a speech the other night, and I didn't see all of it, I saw some of it. It's powerful. But they said, you know, a good friend of mine said, you know, I switched over because it was so positive, but you knew that CNN would say the most negative thing you've ever heard. And he said, I switched over. Sure enough, they were ripping them to shreds. I said, well, what do you expect? CNN stands for constant negative news. <laughs> Can I tell you, if you're not careful, you start to listen to constant negative news about yourself. And that's just what the devil, could it be that hell has anointed someone to stand right in your path to tell you all the reasons why you can't, you never will, you never should, and you never could. 
So you've got to listen up to the voice of truth. Amen? I'm trying to help you today. I'm almost done. To understand the will of God, to how to respond to a spiritual attack. Angel touched him. He said, get up. Put the next one up there. Number three. Listen up. Look up and then get nourished. He says, it's time to eat. I love when I go home on a Sunday. I don't know what it is about this preaching thing. I love what I do, but it makes me tired sometimes. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> and so I'll go home. I change. I get into some real comfortable clothing. And I'll go. I have this chair in my back room that's just amazing. I learned this from Dion Hockey. It's called a massage chair. And I put my Bose headphone speakers on, and I listen to some unbelievable relaxing music. Don't listen to Metallica if you're in this situation, okay? <laughs> Sit to something that's nice and peaceful. And I've just, I'll fall into it like a sleep. And my wife will say, hey, yeah, it's time to eat on a Sunday. How many know every man wants to get up and eat? Amen? That's what the angel said to Elijah. That's what God is saying to some of you here today. Look up. Listen up. Get up. And now get nourished. What does that mean? Get nourished on the word of God. Oh, loved ones, can I tell you, close here this morning. It's our daily bread. Think about the people. At the time of the Bible was being written, they didn't even have a Bible. All they had was the stories around bonfires with their parents and grandparents about these great giants of the faith. And they encouraged them. They said, oh, let, tonight we're going to talk about David. Can you imagine? First couple generations of Israel, Hannah. They didn't have all those scrolls. They didn't have everything. We have an entire Bible. Think about this. It's our nourishment. We've got the prophetic books, Daniel and Zechariah and the book of the Revelation. Think about this. The Psalms and the wisdom of Proverbs. and Oh, my goodness, the Gospels, the Pauline epistles, the letters to the churches. We have nourishment. So what do you do when you're going through a dark valley? You stay nourished. What do you do when you're on the mountain peak of life? You stay nourished and stay connected to the Word of God. That is nourishment unto our being. Can you say amen? amen. Oh, hallelujah. I love the Word of God strengthens us. Listen up. Get up. Get nourished. Here, I love this one. Get moving. Get moving. Look at verse 7. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and he touched him and said, Get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up, he ate and he drank, and he, he was strengthened, the Bible said, by that food. And then he traveled 40 days and 40 nights. 40 days and 40 nights on that one meal. Think about it like this. Arabian days. <laughs> Arabian nights. For 40 days. Brother Joe, you tell me you drink a shake in the morning, you're good all day. Can you imagine 40 days? <laughs> and all the way to Mount Horeb is where he went on. All the way. That's a long journey from where he was at, right? <laughs> well, you got to get moving. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to get moving. we got work to do. The Bible said we got to work now. <laughs> well, there's daylight. We rest when we get to heaven, our eternal rest right now. This is all hands on deck. Amen?
Whew, I feel his presence here this morning. <laughs> Here's my last point today. Here's how you hear the voice of God concerning a situation in your life and how to push back on spiritual attack when it comes knocking on your door. Listen for the whisper. Listen for the whisper. Don't close your Bible yet. Listen for the whisper. Oh my gosh, you know, this church has been so good to my wife and I. Oh my, and my family. It's, it's overwhelming. Right, hon? They sent us to a place. Jimmy, you know what they got us for Christmas? They got us a gift certificate to Woodlock Resort and Spa. Anybody ever been to this place? No? You ever hear of it? It's right here. It's like in the top 10 spas in the world. It's right here in Holly, Pennsylvania. Write that down. That's my last point. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Woodlock, like wood, L-O-C-H, right? And destination spa. I've never been to one of these places. They do these treatments on you. They wrap you up like a baked potato. <laughs> they give you a, a, some kind of massage. I mean, it's a couple's massage, you know. It's legit, you know. And then when we got done with the massage, Sherry, Sherry's so big on health. She understands. If you want to know about health, you talk to Sister Sherry back there. Last night we were talking right over dinner about all the different benefits. And the Asian culture, they look at the midsection and determine health. Stop looking at me. <laughs> I'm being intimidated. <laughs> listen, I'm almost done. But we went in this spa, and they listen. And when we got out of this spa, listen, this is good. I'm, this is good marital advice right here, folks. This is good, like personal advice. Take care of yourself, right? No one else is going to do it. You got to do it for yourself, right? Sure. They put us in these little, you know, white bathrobe, and then we uh, we went. Then, then the lady took us down. Right? And said, there's two rooms now down by the lake. You can kind of like, I don't know what they call it, come out of a coma or something from being inside. I'd had to like wake me up. Get up, get up. The massage is over. And they took it, right? They took us to this place down by the lake. There's two rooms. There's one that's called a chat room. You get to make a choice. You want to be in a chat room or do you want to be in a whisper room? I said, oh no, we both looked at each other immediately and said, we want the whisper room. Right? And we, we got in that room. I wasn't planning on saying this, but I'm just going to finish this off. And they had like these nice little teas and all this stuff there, like all natural stuff. And we sat in these things like by a fire looking at the lake. And then we didn't talk. I bet you it was an hour. Huh? Nobody said a word. And I looked over at her, a beautiful smile. And I said, we're in all white. Think about this. I said, are we in heaven? I feel like we're in heaven. It's a whisper room. How do I hear the voice of God? Listen for the whisper. Where do I get that? Oh, it's right in your Bible. Let me give you this and then we're done. Here it is. Oh, I love this. Verse 9. Then he went to, into a cave. Have you ever been in a cave in your life? Whoo! A cave of depression. A cave of anxiety. A cave of fear. A cave, a cave of intimidation. A cave of suicide. He went into a cave and he spent the night there. Look at verse 11. And the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain. He's listening now. He wants the word of God. He wants to hear the voice of God. Go out and stand on the mountain, Elijah, in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. How many know it's a good thing when the Lord's about to pass by? We used to sing a song when I was a kid. Reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. You'll find he's not too busy. 
to hear your heart's cry. He is passing by this moment. Your needs to supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as he passes by. That's what God said to him. He's on a mountain. He's in a cave. He said, stand there. And then the Bible said, look at this. A great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart. What a view from Mount Horeb up there. And it shattered the rocks before the Lord. Listen, but the Lord was not in the wind, which is unusual because wind is a type of the Holy Spirit. But listen, what he's used to the spectacular. He's used to the amazing, the signs, wonders, the dramatic, earth-shaking stuff. But the wind came and God wasn't in the wind. Then this this says, and after the wind, there was an earthquake. So the whole earth was shaking, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. Earth, wind, and fire. Just like the band. But it said God was not in it. So again, this is what does this mean to me? If you're trying to make a decision on something in your life. You've got to make sure you're listening to the voice of God. How do I hear the voice of God? It's right here. Listen. And after the fire came, a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face because of the glory of God. And he went out and stood at the mouth of that cave. And then the voice of the Lord came to him. You know what I think, folks? I think that God has been saying to me lately, and maybe to some of you all today, we're just too busy sometimes. Wow, what a powerful message. Thank you so much for inviting us into your home. And we would love to hear from you. You can find us on social media at Peckville Assembly of God. And you can let us know how these broadcasts have helped you. We will see you next time. And one more thing. We love you. God loves you. And may God's richest blessing be yours.